everybody. We welcome you to Hawaii Football Now. Jordan Helly and Hunter Hughes with you here on episode 76 of HFN. It is Super Bowl week. It is also a huge week for football here in Hawaii. Obviously, a little earlier in the calendar than usual, but spring practices are underway, uh, which for us is great because this is more stuff for us to talk about. We are looking forward to that. We'll maybe make a Super Bowl pick because it's kind of like the media obligation to do so. We'll probably do that at the end of the pod. Um, We record this at 7.07 a.m. on Wednesday because, hey, if the football team can get up early and start practice at 7 a.m., so can we. Uh, So we're in the mood they have today off. Today is Wednesday, uh, February 8th, set to release this as usual on Thursday. That'll be February 9th. Uh, which will also be the third day of spring practices for the University of Hawaii. They've already gotten a couple in to start the week on Monday and Tuesday. So looking forward to that. Hunter's been out there. Uh, so looking forward to getting his observations as we go throughout as well. Uh, I think a lot of excitement, uh, a lot of reasons to be excited. And that is sort of the um, the usual tone during spring practice, right? It's optimism. You're not taking a loss at the end of the week, no matter what. Uh, how practice goes but uh, I think there's some bright spots that uh, we will surely get into as we go throughout the pod all right quick opening drive here uh Hunter football related uh a little adjacent I'm curious uh because we as Bears fan have been Bears fans have been uh, tormented by Aaron Rodgers for years decades really at this point uh and he is reportedly going on a four-day four-night darkness retreat quotes uh, soon after the Super Bowl, uh, he will be in like total isolation. Uh, the only contact he will get is basically through like food drop offs and like some small isolated house uh, at an undisclosed location. He did say that it does not include the use of ayahuasca, uh, which he did last offseason. Uh, and so. If you're a quarterback trying to make the biggest decision of your career here, Hunter, or, you know, maybe just trying to get right, maybe this is something that uh, other uh, young aspiring quarterbacks can do like are you are you down for signing up for the four day four night darkness retreat where he's supposed to be just like by himself in like a dark room um in I don't man in I don't isolation know I, yeah I don't know if I have what it takes man I'm gonna end up seeing something in like the first six hours and I'm gonna be locked in with whatever that thing is um man just when you thought Aaron Rodgers couldn't be stranger goes and does something like this yeah he said no ayahuasca but the but the the experience does sort of possibly leave the possibility of like hallucinations well yeah you're locked in a pitch black room or whatever by yourself like you're going to start seeing things that's your your mind that's how the brain works i feel like exactly right um you ever seen longest yard jordan yes they lock Adam Sandler in in the hot box out in like the outskirts of the prison for like a week straight. Um, I kind of think about that. That that just no part of that experience sounds enjoying enjoyment filled to me at all. Um, yeah, I don't. Man, it sounds like the guy's trying a little too hard. Yeah, this kind of Aaron Rodgers, right? He's always been the smartest guy in the room. Just ask him. Um, you know, I, I think he's a really smart guy, but I think he's almost a little too smart for his own good or thinks he's smarter than he is, uh, which is never uh, 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 which can always always can lead to some some awkward situations. And and I bring this up because at the end of the day, look, Aaron, if you need to reset as a quarterback, just just come out to the islands, man. Come out to Hawaii. 
we'll get you right. There's a lot of places you can throw the ball around. Um, you know, maybe maybe you don't need to go into darkness for four days. Um, so hopefully, uh, hopefully things work out, and and he decides to to leave Green Bay or or maybe just retire and and let the Bears fans you know off the hook a little bit. So we'll see. Yeah, I just I just thought that was fascinating. Um, and we'll see if it works for him. Uh, and how crazy maybe he gets over the course of four days and four nights. This is like what they do to torture people. Uh, all right. Uh, so we'll we'll get into some some funner conversation. Uh, and uh, we will be talking quarterbacks, no doubt about that. Uh, here coming up in the first half. But a quick reminder that Hawaii football now is brought to you by Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union. Originally opened in 1936 as a credit union for educators, Hawaii USA has inspired a culture of giving that is rooted in education and has since become Hawaii's largest credit union, <clears throat> excuse me, and expanded to other areas of community need that impact financial health, including healthcare, housing, and hunger. To learn more, please visit HawaiiUSAFCU.com. I have big mahalo to Hawaii USA FCU as well as Spectrum Mobile, our sponsors here on episode 76 Fun times as spring practice open. Let's get into the first half here on HFN. Early start due to schedule construction and improvements at Chain Complex. Some of those logistical constraints also, I think, playing into the fact that they won't have, you know, a spring game at the end of practices. They won't have the Island Day sort of um, festival that we saw last year as well. And it's just, I think, kind of fact of the matter at this point. Uh, Would have been nice, uh, but I get and understand why. You know, that it's not really doable this offseason. Uh, it is uh, a little more businesslike. It is, uh, you know, kind of get back to it. And uh, kind of curious, Hunter, you got to take a chance to get out there the last couple of mornings. So uh, before we get into maybe more of the details, what what, what were some of your uh, general observations as uh, you took in uh, spring number two here under Coach Chang? Yeah, um, it's weird uh, that we're in spring ball first week of february that to me is uh very unique uh that was one of the first conversations i had with coach timmy just to practice it was me and next to greg salas and timmy came over and we were just kind of picking his brain on, on what it's been like uh with this early of a spring ball but he brought up something interesting jordan if they are able to have a successful spring even with injury that allows for almost seven full months of rehab of one, if someone goes down before season. So usually you have a, 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 an elongated ramp up time after season to build up the body, to kind of get prepared for spring. And then if you get hurt, you're really kind of rolling the dice on if you're going to be ready for fall. So it, is almost kind of advantageous for us um, because also they're, they're trying to instill the run and shoot as well. So that the, the, at least the first couple of days of practice, a lot of it has been routes on air um, seven on seven skelly um, that, that's football terminology for not playing very hard. I would say um, plus they're out there in basically just helmets and jerseys. Um, they, they call that pajamas. So the whole um, the whole reason for being out there and practicing is to get reps in and not to hit each other right now. So they're, they're easing their way into spring right now. Um, had a great talk with coach uh, Cody Cook, their strength and conditioning coach. Um, 
they're needing to kind of look at things a little bit differently now with there only being about a month and change between uh, the seasons. Um, but uh, they've done a pretty successful job in terms of getting guys ready to be back on the field. As of right now, they're only, I think maybe four or five guys in the pit, which is kind of the rehab area of the field. Whenever you've got guys that are nursing an injury and they're not able to be fully at practice. And so, yeah, coach cook's done a great job getting those guys ready. Um, and so other than, you know, more specific run and shoot stuff that we can jump into here in a second, it's just, it's good to be back out there and, uh, and playing some football, man. Crazy. Yeah. It's kind of interesting, you know, uh, hearing from coach Chang and talking about the timeline and, and one thing that he did mention, and, and I think, you know, he's given a lot of credit to coach cook. Um, you have, uh, Tanner, our guy who Tanner Hayworth, big mahalo to him as well. Again, yesterday for uh or excuse me last week for for coming on the pod um you know it was it it took some adjusting uh and some adapting and i and i think that has gone fairly well but coach Chang saying you know it, because the semester starts a bit earlier at the university of hawaii than maybe some other places right um they they were able to get in kind of like a full month of workouts to get their bodies ready for spring practice uh which is kind of a nice luxury because shoot the, the school that i went to uh, we didn't start the second semester until like after MLK Day um, in January, you know, so we were like three, four weeks, uh, three and a half weeks into January before we we, we got back on campus, which was nice. Um, but, you know, if you're starting for spring practice on February uh, 6th, like it, you kind of need to <laughs> to get guys going. Right. Uh, yeah. So so I, I, it was kind of interesting to see the timeline, how they've adjusted. Uh, I, I think that's a really interesting point. I hadn't really thought about that, um, that that you brought up, you know, where, hey, if if you know, God forbid somebody does go down in spring practice, there is more or there is added time for recovery before the start of the season, um, which I don't think is a bad thing at all. Like that's, that's, that's probably, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of inevitable. It's football, but as you point out, um, you know, they're, they're not going full contact or anything like that. There is a definite purposeful plan to, to making sure their bodies are good and getting in the work and, and whatnot while uh, keeping these guys healthy and good to go throughout the off season. Um, yeah. You mentioned the run and shoot. Is that sort of the biggest storyline for you uh, coming into spring practice or, or what's sort of the, the, the big headline, if you will, that you've got focused on uh, because the, the defense has a number of, of new faces, right. At really all three levels, but particularly in the, the defensive backfield guys like Campstone coming from Wyoming um, and so it's kind of curious to see how, how Jacob Bureau envisions all of these chess pieces on the board. Um, but I think a lot of people obviously, but hey, run and shoot, right? That's the quarterbacks and shaker. How are we looking at all this kind of stuff? I would imagine for you that that also is the big headline, but but maybe not. What What's sort of the big headline for you uh, as we get spring practice going? Unquestionably, it's the return to the run and shoot. Um, first day on Monday, there was an electricity to practice. Um, and I, I don't want to just say because I w was a former player in the run and shoot that it brings guys like me or guys like Greg Salas comfort whenever he's out there um, hearing those same plays being called. Um, we, we joked with Coach Timmy Chang that it was like coming back to church or something like that. Just an enormous <laughs> amount of comfort. Um, literally the same plays, the, the, the same play calls they, they haven't changed up the terminology, how, how these things are being, uh, called. And 
for for those of us that have played, we're already envisioning, okay, they could do this, they could do that. But the main reason there was electricity was the practice looked completely different than what it did this entire fall. The offense destroyed the defense, destroyed them. Um, They're quickly approaching a time in spring practice where the defense isn't going to be able to talk trash at practice for the (laughs) slaughtering that is happening because they literally can't stop them. Um, And that's the beauty of the run and shoot where um, I've been very impressed with um, even just off the um, first couple of days of practice, the many of the quarterbacks are poised back there, taking that five yard hitch that you and I talk about to the nth degree on this podcast. That uh, that's the beauty of the run and shoot. Very tough to simulate that in a running game where you can get five yards every single time you snap the ball, but you have that afforded to you in the run and shoot if it's there. Um, taking shots down the field, uh, liking matchups, a lot of really good stuff from a slew of receivers. Um, They are, it's a humble and teachable group from what I've, I've observed. They are all coming back to the line of scrimmage talking about, Hey, did you see this particular um, uh, defensive scheme? Uh, did you see this specific type of coverage? Um, I tried to break it off there. What do you think about that? Just those com- kind of conversations are evidence to me that they are being taught well in the classroom uh, by these coaches. And it's it's a culture of collaboration where they're wanting to help each other win and help each other succeed. So for for me, that that is the, the most exciting thing about the start to spring. Yeah, it'll be really fascinating to see how this develops, right? And and everybody's going to get excited, um, you know. And you've got a returning quarterback in Braden Shager um, that that all indications are is going to be the guy, right? Um, uh, there there are some some other candidates in there, and and I was kind of curious, you know, with these receivers because with a with a thirty member recruiting class, there weren't a whole lot of receivers recruited, right? There weren't a ton of offensive skill guys. Uh, a lot of it was focused on the line of scrimmage as well as uh, on the defensive side of the football. Stephen McBride, uh, I think of the the offensive skill recruits, the 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 main guy who's here for spring practice, the Kansas transfer uh, at wide receiver. Um, has has it did anybody sort of stand out uh, amongst the receivers? Because a lot of them are, are familiar faces, or guys that were here last year. Um, you know, maybe maybe in smaller roles, maybe didn't get a chance to play as much because of injury or something like that, but. Um, of the receivers, did did anybody sort of jump out at you um, so far? You know, it it's tough to say one person in particular because the run and shoot spreads the ball out so well. Sure. Um, and we're still early in spring where they're trying to just give these guys a wide breadth um, approach to, I would say, maybe the first 25% of the run and shoot playbook. It, it's so deep that I don't think they can quite expose them to that just yet. Um, it's been somewhat basic, but uh, in that, many guys are getting the ball. Uh, similar to what we saw this past fall with, I mean, there were nine different guys with uh, with receptions in, in games at, at some point. Um, 
I did notice our, our guy, Tylen Hines. Uh, he's got a number change. Uh, he's now number two for those listening. And uh, with that, he is being incorporated in the passing attack. I know you and I have talked and kind of dreamed about what that would look like incorporating someone with his skill set in space in the passing attack. And uh, he caught a great um, dig over the middle yesterday and uh, kind of turned up field. And Coach Withy Allen was right next to me, Sean Withy Allen, and we joked with each other that even in a game, that's probably a touchdown because no one came close to even touching him. So that that gets us really excited about what that could that could open up in the passing attack with someone like that and then bring him back into the backfield as well. That that gives us really fun options as an offense. Yeah, I, I'm I'm curious, right? Uh, he's listed as a running back. Um, I think it was clear that they look to expand his role, however that is. I think that's the nice thing, you know, with with I'm gonna I'm gonna guess with with the Timmy Chang iteration of the run and shoot. I don't I don't expect it to be as rigid maybe is like your traditional run and shoot. Um, I think there is flexibility to move guys around and, and play them in multiple spots, offensively, multiple alignments. Um, you know, I know obviously a completely different team in offense, but uh, you know, a la Calvin Turner, right. Where you line them up in the backfield, line them up on the, in the slot, whatever. Right. Uh, I feel like Tyler Hines is a guy that you can move all over the place. Uh, all right. Uh, before we uh, hit the halftime here, defense uh you mentioned when they were going head to head maybe the offense had the advantage here uh but there are some some new faces some excitement on the defensive side of the football some experience there as well uh what'd you see uh on that side of the football a lot of excitement over cam stone the uh the transfer from from wyoming um not just from players uh to see him come over but also from the the coaching staff uh Coach Cook mentioned him by name to me whenever I was talking uh, to him, just uh, how much of a win that is to get someone from in conference to jump over and want to be a part of what we're building over here. And they all uh, remembered how much of a lockdown corner he was when we mm -hmm. played against him. So um, there's a big difference between guys that practice well and guys that play well in the game. And he's respected in our conference so that that is a really good win right off the bat the other one is our guy logan taylor he's, yeah he's the unquestionable leader of this team uh and it's not so much just the guy you know talking trash over on the side but he backed it up this year with only playing 50 percent of our of our season and he led our team in tackles um that bodes really well for leading a team, being the one to kind of cultivate that culture out there. And it also just helps when you're the middle linebacker. Um, there are certain positions that the stick or the leadership role kind of needs to fall to. And he has taken that up with um, with all authority, I would say. Um, first day, him and Braden Shager were talking trash to each other, which is just fun it's just fun to be around and, and to watch um he even said hey there's a new starter in town trying to get under shager's skin which we all know shager's still going to be the starter but um it was uh really fun to be out there and watch those guys do their thing um again there's not any hitting being allowed right now everything is 
uh, two-hand touch tempo, um, but they're still getting work in for sure. Yeah, and so obviously we wanted to to kind of save the QBs for last before we uh, take that break. Uh, Shager, uh, I've heard really good things. Um, I, I'm curious to see what you thought and uh, the rest of the, the QBs, uh, because as we know, when you're a run-and-shoot team, man, there are a lot of balls to be thrown during practice. <laughs> there are a lot of passes to be thrown. Uh, and so you need a lot of quarterbacks. Uh, and there are a few new ones on the spring roster. Uh, Jonah Chong is there, the Elani grad back from Nevada. Uh, you've got a, a Navy graduate transfer in the mix. Uh, freshman Dylan Gebbia is on the uh, the spring roster. Um, so, you know, uh, curious to to see uh, or to hear what, what you saw out there from, from the QBs. Yeah, first and foremost, you can't uh... – ignore what Braden Shager brings to the table now this is now his third year as going to be the starter and there is a confidence and I would even say cockiness to the way that he carries himself on the field that I want from our starting quarterback you look at the great QBs of UH's past they all kind of carried themselves with a presence where it's Hey, this is my team. I know what I'm doing. Give me the ball. <laughs> um, especially in an offense like the run and shoot, where you can pass the ball 60 times in a game. Um, you need to exude a confidence and a way that you go about your business. And um, first couple of years, again, he was young, going through COVID, all that nonsense. There is kind of a deer in headlights vibe about him that is nowhere to be seen now and I love watching this kid play football um he throws the prettiest ball by anyone uh also let, let me just throw that out there um it looks the best in the air it cuts through the wind better than uh anybody else out there he's the unquestionable starter however I'm seeing some good stuff from guys like Jake Farrell uh real mm -hmm. strong arm not afraid to get it out there. He, he connected on uh, one, I think it was a divide route, ran right up the middle of the field, and the thing landed like 60 yards down the field into the wind. I mean, strong arm for sure from big number five. Um, and then the other guy I kind of wanted to talk about for a second, you mentioned him in the uh, the kind of warm-up for the QBs, is this kid named Dalen Morris, uh, grad transfer from Navy. Um not a typical uh, walk-on story in the in the the sense of normally guys get preferred walk-on opportunities whenever they come from other big programs. This guy went to the walk-on tryout, Jordan. <laughs> um, I, I just always, found him out of nowhere, huh? Literally, he and Timmy told me about him. You know that he uh, is actually training to be uh, a lawyer. I don't think he's quite in Scheidler. <laughs> just yet but um he that that is his trajectory and his plan he went to the walk-on tryout timmy said he did really well um the walk-on was back in january by the way and uh the guy's six one dual threat uh quarterback with uh with running capabilities and if you look at everybody on the roster he's kind of one of the only guys that brings that to the table as of right now um, we, we're hoping to see something similar to that from our boy, John Chiave Sagapotele 
in the in the summer but um Timmy brought that up um specifically I think because the rest of the guys are kind of just pocket passer um style QBs and yeah this this guy Dalen Morris brings a, a maturity about him just his presence out there he's um I, again I think if you come from the Naval Academy you uh you carry yourself with a different mm -hmm. professionalism just coming from the military <laughs> where uh you're literally talking about war all the time you know what i mean it's a different level of of thinking and so you go from there to university of hawaii he's ready to go right now and has a strong arm so i'm very curious to see how he does heading further into the spring yeah that that is fascinating right i mean it, you're not running two more diametric you know polar opposites <laughs> when it comes to offenses whether you're running like that true triple option look versus the the run and shoot so um i'm i'm intrigued by by what this guy maybe could turn into uh in dalen morris that should be uh pretty fun to observe uh hey hunter we appreciate you uh going down checking that out uh and, and sharing some of your thoughts and and we've got a few more weeks as well um and, and excited to see the development of this group over the course of that time. Uh, we'll go ahead and take a break. Uh, in the second half, we'll, we'll kind of revisit some of the conversation we had with Tanner last week uh, on the four recruits rounding out the recruit class, uh, put a kind of a bow on that as uh, we kind of get into that bridge between, you know, the the, the recruiting period and, and now into spring practice, which really kind of signals the start of, of the upcoming season. All right, uh, more coming your way after this quick break. You're listening to Hawaii Football Now. This is Hawaii Football Now from ESPN Honolulu. All right, second half time. Jordan Hunter with you. Hawaii Football Now. Big mahalo to Spectrum Mobile as well as Hawaii USA FCU, Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union. Uh, we talked a little bit about it last week. Four additional rounding out the class of 30. <laughs> a lot of new faces. Some of them already on campus. Some of them already in uniform for spring practices, 20 of the 30 on the defensive side of the football. Uh, some of the fun stats compiled, 12 states are represented, uh, including eight from Hawaii, uh, three international signees, one from American Samoa, one from England, one from Australia. Uh, 12 signees play on the line of scrimmage, eight on the defensive line, four on the offensive line, five offensive skill positions, nine defensive backs, three linebackers. So as we mentioned, not a ton on the offensive skill side, <clears throat> and none really among the four additional, uh, unless they, you know, turn Domota Peco Jr. into this, um, you know, all-world tight end or something like that, because he was a two-way star. We'll kind of lead with him, right? 6'4", 220 out of Calabasas High School uh, in California, son of, obviously, former NFL mainstay uh, Domota Peco Sr., three-star. Uh, some of the stats that uh, we were, you know, we saw – Nine sacks, 15 tackles for loss last year. He also caught 24 receptions for 388 yards and four touchdowns. It's kind of, you know, part-time on offense. So there is a little bit of intrigue there. I'd imagine they're going to try and, you know, play him as a, a fearsome pass rusher on the edge. But, eh, you never know, right, how these things sort of work out. Uh, and then three defensive backs. You got a corner in line Freeman from East Coweta High School. I didn't realize this. Um, but in the, the UH press release, uh, he didn't start playing football until his junior year of high school. <laughs> so Love he it. is like two years into his football career. He's run a four five in the 40, uh, played both receiver and corner 
at East Coetta High School there in Noonan, Georgia. Uh, and then you've got the two safeties, right? The the local kid, Ezekiel Rodriguez from, from Midlani High School, second team All-State. Uh, his last football game in his high school career, he had like 12 tackles against Punahou and an interception of yeah. uh, also now University of Hawaii signee, John Kiafi Sakapolatele. Uh, and then the other safety, DeMarco Moore, maybe of these guys the most ready to play right now. Uh, he was a first-team uh, California Community College Athletic Association All-American, uh, 12 interceptions, 94 tackles, 7.5 tackles for loss, 6-footer uh, from Riverside City College. Um, and, and so we we learned a little bit more about these guys over the last week. Hunter uh, was was pretty quick reaction last week, um, just a couple of hours after these guys signed. And so now... Uh, having a week to process this a little bit, um, you know, did you have any other thoughts uh, on this group or maybe even the group as a whole, uh, if you've somehow been able to keep track of all 30 guys that they're bringing? <laughs> yeah, a um, couple things. I it, Again, I referenced it earlier in the, in the pod, uh, talking with Coach Cody, Cody Cook a few times. We just agreed how big of a recruiting class this really is. And the unique challenges that comes with all of the uh, unique individuals that that are um, being incorporated in that in that group. Not all those guys are going to be ready to play right now. Um, they get slotted into this um, style of player called a Devo guy or development player, where they are looking to really build them up and. Um, see what they have in the next two, three, four years with those guys. Cause physically, mentally, they may not quite be ready um, to jump on the field as of right now. And then there's other guys like uh, Cam Stone jumping over from Wyoming. He's ready mm -hmm. to play right now. So each guy kind of has a different role as of right now. And um, they have to kind of um, discuss and figure out, how they're going to use these guys and when they're going to use these guys. And so first right off the bat, I look at Damata Pecco Jr. I'm curious to see where they slot a guy like him because you look at him on film, he's very long, uh, he's fast, but you got to think they want to build him up a little bit to be, you know, a little more D1 ready, um, kind of stringy on the outside. Um and this is a, by by no means a critique on my part. The guy's a monster, and he's going to grow into a monster. But you can kind of see where he could grow as an athlete. And so I'm curious to see if they are as eager to use him right off the bat. Um, and then a little more specifically, you talked about maybe using him on offense. That has been the talk from a lot of people down at practice is mm -hmm. this curiosity on how Timmy is going to incorporate tight ends into the run and shoot. Uh, Rolo used Tui Unga and uh, Dakota Torres in his style of the run and shoot. We're, we're curious as well as to how he's going to incorporate those position groups uh, into this offense. And, and uh, you know, that was kind of our critique, Jordan, with this recruiting class was, hey, why not get more receivers, man? You need receivers to play in this new offense but there's it it seems like our assessment a few weeks back of maybe they didn't grab receivers because they want to double down on teaching the guys they have and build that chemistry in-house it seems to me that's much more accurate in their um 
and their strategy because in the first couple of days of practice, very few balls were on the ground. People were catching uh, passes, routes were being run. Uh, of course, things can be cleaned up, but very good sign in just the first couple of days of practice. Um, so yeah, that, that that's a couple of just observations thinking about the recruiting class as of right now. Yeah, it's, uh, I think those are really good points and, and I'm, I'm fascinated to see how, how that sort of translates over what, you know, how, how these pieces fit, right? Because that's, that's ultimately the name of the game. And, and I, and I, I'm with you on the, the offensive standpoint and, and kind of doubling down on, on the guys that they have in building. Um, and, and I know that the, the, it was up and down at times last season um, with the pass catchers, but I think, you know, that doesn't always mean that the the same guys are going to be out there, right? I think there was a lot of depth that that wasn't being able to use guys like Wally Nishigaya who were you know hurt uh, coming back from injury that were limited to like four games. Uh, some of these other dudes like Senegal and and you know some of the other big body receivers, uh, maybe that we could see, maybe even a better fit for for this type of offense um, yeah. than than some of the hybrid stuff we saw last year. So that's that's going to be that's going to be something um, that I've got my eye on. You know, I think for, for some of these guys, this is a, a nice fresh start uh, and an opportunity to, to really kind of maximize their skill set um, when it comes down to it. Uh, and with a class this big, are you going to hit on every one of them? Is everybody going to turn into a starter or a producer? No, that's, that's just not how things work, but you know, they've, they've brought in, I think a lot of, um, a wide range of guys, guys like Cam Stone that you mentioned that could play right away and guys that uh, would be developmental guys. And and you kind of need that, right? Because you need to sort of layer your roster um, yeah. and get guys in position. Uh, no doubt about that. So, yeah, it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Uh, I'm excited about Peco. That was a big get, um, yeah. you know, for the University of Hawaii. No, no other way to slice it. When, and, when you know, the, the majority of those guys are going to be coming in in the fall. Yeah. So we're, we're going to have plenty more to talk about in terms of this new recruiting class. Uh, I need to go through the spring roster a little more soundly to see which of these guys are actually here. Um, I'll be able to talk about that a little bit more with one more mm -hmm. week of spring under our belts. Um, we're just a couple practices in at this point, but uh, it's, uh, it's going to be something that continues to develop and can continue to, um shift uh, before we uh we we play our first game in august yeah i mean i think the the vast majority of these guys aren't here yet right um i think uh i, I remember seeing uh pat Hisatake's name i think on the roster kual pehopa some of the, the 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 portal guys cam stone uh right the, as you sure. mentioned um i think that freddie pelling i believe is in there there might be another juco guy um freddie pelling the offensive lineman out of out of england six nine via the the kansas junior college so yeah I, to your point i think a majority of these guys haven't even haven't even gotten here yet we haven't really gotten a look at them so still a little bit of mystery there absolutely yeah it's it's going to be a fun mystery though because i'm uh I, I still think that one of the strongest stories of this recruiting class is this emerging pipeline being created from coach chris brown and um uh his alma mater back in mm -hmm. las vegas and bringing three prominent players from that school um that 
is particularly encouraging as we begin again we're we're still only in the first year with this new uh coaching regime and what could be in the years to come with their ability to recruit guys here so um very encouraging uh to say the least yeah i i'm i am with you there uh so it'll be fun and and this won't be the last we talk about this recruiting class but i did want to kind of expand a little bit off of last week's conversation again a big mahalo to tanner as well um all right uh kind of getting into the uh the wrap-up portion of the pod um shout out to all of you as well for uh for dropping us a line on the comments as always our guy al from va uh get a nice little shout out to uh jim Leahy uh in the comments as well as uh some props to to coach cook uh, i think the work of cody cook is not going um or is being noticed right it's not it's not going unnoticed um and, and He's getting a lot of praise as he should be. Um, one kind of uh, just a, a tangent here. He asked uh, why neither Coach Graham or Coach Chang do like a coach's show, right? Uh, Rolo did one uh, with uh, Hawaii News Now. Um, you had one with uh, Norm Chow and Spectrum, uh, kind of a, a coach's show behind behind the scenes. Um I, 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 I'm not sure. I'd imagine Coach Graham, it was kind of tough during COVID. Um, and it's sort of, those are like independent deals. Like those are, the, that's with the coach and um, an, an outside entity. It's not like a University of Hawaii deal. Um, I don't know if, you know, people might realize that they might not, but uh, I did kind of want to mention that. I don't know if it, if Coach Chang has been made an offer by any of the networks or anything like that. Um, obviously, there's there's been some turnover at, at a number of these places uh, in terms of, um, leadership at, at some of the networks. Uh, so I don't, I don't know if, if that's something in the future or anything like that. Um, I don't think it's necessarily that they're like shirking some, some sort of perceived responsibility or anything like that. Uh, because you can always catch a lot of these guys on uh, call the coach on ESPN Honolulu, uh, which is archived by the way. Uh, so just a little shameless plug for us uh, at the, uh, on the ESPN Honolulu side. And I will say for for Timmy, right? He's been maybe maybe there isn't uh, you know some sort of television show attached to you know with him, but uh, the dude's been super accessible <laughs> and okay. very much out there in the community. Uh, so I got I got to give him his props there. Yeah, and uh, again, we're in a new normal post COVID right now, where I think about you know to come to Coach Graham's defense and also Coach Timmy. Who knows what restrictions or regulations? are involved with what they can yeah it was really hard yeah what they can even do um and then throw in their uh scheduling obligations who knows if kanoa can even uh handle that now uh you and i cover <laughs> cover kanoa's show it seems like on the weekly over yeah that's the, the thing right it's show. it's a lot of work it's a lot of it work is. i know dudes who who um who worked on the Rolo show, you know, guys like, like Ian Shearing and whatnot. Um, yeah. Who's not even with HNN anymore. Um, you know, the, it's just, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it. Um, in, in, you know, it's just something that I, and I, I don't know if it's in the cards from, from, from Timmy's schedule standpoint, from, from the networks, right. If they're willing to put in the the time and the resources, right. Cause it costs money um, to produce something like that. But uh, again, it it's, it's a completely separate deal from like the university and their, their broadcast partnerships with, with spectrum or ESPN Honolulu. 
yeah. on the radio side. That is something that would be independently done by the by the head coach. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 it nice to have, to right? Either. It's fun content, but yeah, like when I look at the two guys uh, as you know, a player under Rolo, and now that I've gotten to know Timmy pretty well, their vibe is totally different. Uh, Rolo liked to be entertaining let's just call it call it for what it is you know he'd show up to practice with different hats on he'd walk out there with like a walking stick um the dude he'd show up in this uh atv like four-wheel drive like hunting vehicle that he drove down from his house in manoa um there was always something with, with the, uh, the the hunting knife when they played Nevada that one year. Like it was always exactly. something, right? And that that was part of the that was part of the package, you know. And and I think right. it was genuine to Rolo, right? Yeah. And, and it's it's not a knock on him or anything no, like that. Definitely um, not. And, and that's that's the thing. It's like you got to be yourself. Like you can't. It can't be a facade because. The players will see right through that. Totally. He jumped in the ring at a WWE wrestling event to give me my scholarship. Yes. Um, you know, the, the dude was was wild. It got it got crazy. Um, you know, Coach Timmy, in contrast, is super no frills. It's tough to pick him out of a crowd of other coaches sometimes because he's not wearing anything particularly highlighting. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve, uh, Steven Sai was standing next to me at practice yesterday and he mentioned the same thing. He's like, I wish, uh, he wore something. We could recognize him a little bit better. And, um, you know, it, it's just one of those things. Guys are going to coach the way that they want to coach. And, uh, who knows? I, I might completely be speculating with this particular, you know, maybe Timmy doesn't even want to do something like that. Who, who knows? But, um, it, I thought it was kind of interesting to kind of contrast the different coaching yeah. styles of the two guys. Cause it, it really is different. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's the beauty of it. Right. Um, these guys all have their own personalities and that, that, that's kind of, you know, what gets imparted on the team and there's, there's no, I think better or worse way. Um, if you know your stuff and you, you coach up the kids, that's, that's kind of the main thing. So yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Uh, Timmy, I think is still growing into it. I think still kind of finding his voice and whatnot. Not that he doesn't have a pretty distinct plan and and I, I think has things going in a very positive direction, but it's just sort of natural, right? Um, he hasn't had that long on the job when you really think about it. Um, and and I think is is still, you know, growing into it, which you would expect of any coach, um, you know, in, in month, what is what are we on, like 13 of yeah. the job if that um so it's 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 fun it's fun to to kind of see this thing build um from from the floor level uh if you will all right uh that'll do it for us quick little uh overtime two minute drill here uh we got the super bowl on sunday hunter uh last i checked i think the eagles were still favored by like a point point and a half mm. eh, slightly surprising to me um we got our guy marcus kemp yep Former University of Hawaii receiver, played for the Chiefs, uh, had a catch in the AFC Championship game. Amazing. So crazy. Uh, Who you got? Who you got on Sunday? Chiefs. I'm going with the Chiefs, especially now that Mahomes has had two full full weeks to rest that ankle. Um, That was really my only concern for him. And uh, was it the divisional where he could barely end off in that outside zone? 
um, run game. It was that, that that was limiting to say the least. And I, I think he put his team in kind of jeopardy the longer he stayed out there, but I think he's ready to go um, this Sunday and they're going to win a second Super Bowl under uh, coach Andy Reid. Yeah, I kind of lean to the Chiefs as well. Uh, yeah, they are one and a half point underdogs. The total is 51 and a half. Uh, I think the the under uh, has been the play for the last like 20 years in the Super Bowl. It, it's hit at like a really high percentage um, for those that may be interested in something like that. But yeah, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I've seen some that have sort of liken this one to the Bucks Chiefs Super Bowl where the pass rush of Tampa Bay just kind of wreaked havoc on uh Pat Mahomes and was really kind of the key factor in that. I, I know Philadelphia's pass rush is good. I feel like the Chiefs are, are a little better equipped uh to handle that uh and Mahomes magic. So the Eagles have looked really good. They looked really good last week. Um they looked exceptionally good against the Giants the week prior to that. Uh, but yeah, I like the the Chiefs kind of close here. Something uh, in the mid-20s. Oh, I like that. Um, the, I think the, the deal breaker will be what receivers can step up for the Chiefs because mm. they're 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 kind of uh, they're kind of diced right now with injuries. Yeah. They are uh shorthanded, if you will. Uh, and there's no Tyreek Hill and, and maybe Travis Kelsey has another one of his monster games. We shall see. Uh, that'd be cool, man. If Marcus Kemp can, can get one more, uh, uh, we'll, we'll uh, at the very least be pulling for, uh, for Marcus, uh, to do well, in this game. maybe, maybe make a huge impact as he usually does on special teams. All right. That'll do it for us. Uh, we will be back more spring ball talk next week as well. Um, should be a lot of fun, uh, to kind of see this, this early, spring session going on a little chillier in the mornings as well uh out there in Manoa uh than it is uh, a little bit later in the year uh again a big mahalo to Spectrum Mobile and Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union uh big thanks to you Hunter thanks to our guy Jonathan as well for splicing this up and putting it together we will see everybody next week right back here on Hawaii Football Now Aloha you've been listening to Hawaii Football Now with Jordan Halley and Hunter Hughes all from ESPN Honolulu